Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Welcome to episode 16 of the Toward Light podcast. Last week I began a series on the four foundations of mindfulness. So today I'll be talking about the second foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of feeling tone, mindfulness of Vedana. Just a quick recap, mindfulness is this embodied non-judgmental awareness of our present moment experience. It's talked about in the Satipatthana Sutta, which is the four foundations of mindfulness. And the Buddha laid out ways to practice so that we can cultivate this quality of sati, of mindfulness, of bare awareness, of present moment attention. The first foundation of mindfulness is mindfulness of the body, and there are different ways we can practice with that. It's important to note that while these four foundations can build upon one another, you can also choose one to practice with independently. You don't have to quote-unquote do them in order. And they are taught in order for a reason. Mindfulness of the body is often the easiest entry door for many of us because there are so many ways that we can tap into the body, whether it's the breath or the postures, the elements or the parts of the body. So this second foundation of mindfulness is The Pali word that's used is Vedana, which is translated as feeling tone. That can be a little bit confusing because when we hear the word feeling, we often think about the whole emotional realm. What this is pointing to is after we have contact with a stimulus, what is our initial response? Is it pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? This is a subtle, unconscious response that happens after we have contact or experience any sort of stimulus at any of our sense doors. It's often something that we can't see in our daily life, which is why it's so important to bring it into our mindfulness practice. When we can begin to connect with this Vedana, when we can begin to see what is underlying our experience, we can respond from a better place. An important thing to know is that nothing is inherently pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. It depends on our conditioning. It depends on how we relate to it. I may hear a noise that has certain associations for me, so it, for me, is automatically unpleasant. But somebody else could hear that same noise and it not bother them at all. They may not even notice it, or they may enjoy it. We also have a body, a human body, that is trying to seek out pleasure and push away pain. So there is a part of this conditioning where sometimes it's our body's just automatic response of this sensation is unpleasant because it might lead to pain. And how that sensation might feel for one person might be different for somebody else. So again, nothing is inherently pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. It's about our experience. What do we know about things that are pleasant is that they lead to grasping, to holding on to, maybe fixating on. So if I feel a nice breeze on a hot day, I want it to stay. Unpleasant are things that we're trying to push away, trying to get away from. 
If I see roadkill on the ground, I flinch away or I look away. I don't want to see it. I don't want to look. It's unpleasant to me. And things that are neutral are the things that we really often don't see. Again, why this is so important to bring into meditation practice is when we slow down, we can start to see the neutral. We can also start to see how often we move away from neutral to try and find some sort of stimulation. Often neutrality bores us. Often we don't put our attention there. From his book, Mindfulness, Joseph Goldstein says, The feeling tone is so important because it is the conditioning factor of our reactions. So when we have this initial response of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, that then leads to a whole other chain of things. When we can stop and see this clearly, we can see, oh, this is just unpleasant. I don't need to do anything about it. Or, oh, this is pleasant. I don't need to hold on to it. Oh, this is neutral. Can I just rest in this? We don't need to make it into a project. We can arrest our experience at this base level. So if I have a sensation in my knee that arises, before I even get to my knee hurts, there is an underlying initial sensation. And I have this response of unpleasant. So something happens in my knee, unpleasant. The normal course of things is for me to then start to think about it, start to worry about it, start to think about the future, start to go back in the past and figure out what I did. So if I can notice sensation in the knee, unpleasant, and then go back to my breath or whatever my anchor is in my meditation practice, that's going to help me be able to do that in the world. So much of our training in our practice is getting us able to access these insights, this wisdom in the world. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but Vedna is talked about in other teachings a lot. And two in particular are in the five aggregates and the 12 lengths of dependent origination. These five aggregates are about how the mind works and how consciousness comes into being. As soon as we have contact with something at one of the six sense doors, the five bodily senses and the mind is the sixth. When we have contact with something, then there is the Vedana, the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, which then leads to perception, to mental formations, to consciousness. If we can look here at this piece of our initial response of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, if we can get connected to our Vedana, if we can understand Vedana as it arises, we get to understand how our mind is working. We get to understand how we're thinking certain things, how we're coming to certain ideas, how we're creating certain things. This all happens so quickly, right? So again, why it's important to do this in meditation and and why this can take a while to see. Dependent origination is the teaching on these 12 links that lead to dukkha, to difficulty. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail, but As with the other lists, a contact at one of the six sense doors, the next link in the chain is Vedna. And then that leads to thirst and grasping and becoming. If we can be with the Vedna and make a different choice, not follow that train of grasping, of creating something from a sensation that's maybe a little bit unpleasant or a little bit pleasant, 
we can change our relationship with dukkha. We can begin to lessen the strain of dukkha on our lives. From his book, Perspectives on the Satipatthana, Analyo says, expressed in practical terms, being mindful of feelings enables one to become aware of the conditioned genesis of dukkha right at the inception. The root of suffering about the pain in the knee is in this initial habitual response. Just another example, I'm on retreat and I have a negative reaction to somebody on the retreat. Every time I see them, I have this sensation of unpleasant and then I go down this whole path of thinking about why I don't like them or what they're doing that's annoying me or whatever. Or when I look at them, I can see unpleasant and then I can turn my gaze elsewhere or I can come back into my body. I can feel my feet on the ground. I can feel my inhale and exhale. I have a choice. If I can see the Vedana, I have a choice to let go whatever is cooking up next. I'll link it in the show notes, uh, but on my website last week, I did a blog post about investigation, about how do we look at things with this quality of bare attention, bare awareness that we're looking for in mindfulness. And with Vedana, it's the same thing. We're not looking to deeply dig out and understand the roots of why when I eat a bean my sensation is immediately unpleasant. I don't need to unpack that in the practice. So my goal is to notice what am I experiencing, a piece of food on my tongue, and how am I relating to it, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. That's it. That's all I need to do. And then I need to remember that that's it. I need to remember not to take the train of mental formations that's starting to build, but instead to let it go and maybe not eat any more beans. From her book, Letting Go, Martine Batchelor. Awareness helps us to recognize how our habitual patterns of thought have a profound influence on the way we feel. In episode eight, I talked about the Buddhist personality types And what we can often see is when we start to notice Vedana, we can see that we may have a tendency toward one or another. Because I'm an aversive type in the Buddhist personality typing schema, I have a tendency to have more experiences of unpleasant, that that is where my Vedana is heaviest, is unpleasant, unpleasant, unpleasant. Because I know that about myself, I can slow myself down and stop before reacting. I can know that, oh, like most new sensations that I'm faced with or new situations or old situations, like there's going to be a flavor of unpleasant. So I don't take that so personally and I don't create a whole story about it. I know that that's going to be my initial response a lot of the time. How do we cultivate awareness of Vedana in our meditation practice? How do we bring this second foundation of mindfulness to the forefront of our practice? I suggest taking some practice periods to solely focus on this. There are a couple ways I'm going to recommend, but there's a lot out there. There are also a lot of guided meditations out there. If you look for Vedana guidance or second foundation of mindfulness or feeling tone meditation. First, I would recommend by beginning settling into your breath for 
two to five minutes, and then getting into the body and noticing as a sensation arises, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Sometimes the question that comes up is, it feels like two things, or it feels like multiple things. And over time, we get to see that that actually is because those are dealing with different sensations. So an example for me is if there is movement in my digestion, sometimes that can feel unpleasant. But then I think about like, oh, like I'm processing my food or whatever, and then it can be pleasant as well. So my initial response is to the sensation in the body. And my second response is to the thought I had about the sensation in my body. But because they come so quickly, I often can't tease that out. So simply meditating and noticing, okay, what's my response to each sensation as it arises? Just getting curious, knowing you don't have to quote unquote, do this right. Another incredibly useful practice that was introduced to me several years ago by a a Dharma colleague and friend, is doing a body scan with Vedana. So beginning at one end of the body or the other, I'm going to start with the head right now. So starting with the top of my head and noticing, is it pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? Scanning down the back of my head, are the sensations pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? Scanning down my forehead, the front of my face, my neck, And so I can do this in a very detailed way. I can scan down my face and look at the forehead, the eyes, the nose, the ears, the jaw, the mouth, the chin, or I can do it in broader chunks. But over time, I've found it useful. The more I can break the body into pieces, the more I can notice, especially the places that are pretty neutral that I don't pay attention to. I don't pay attention to the sensation of my chin ever. When we scan through the body in this way, we get to know what are some of our tendencies. Where do we fixate? Again, I'm very fixated on the abdomen, what's happening with my digestion, what's happening with my organs, what's happening around the breath. So I can notice so many sensations there. But my lower arm, nope, pretty neutral. So these are two ways to bring Vedana into our mindfulness practice, either settling in and then noticing whatever stimulus arises, what's our reaction, or doing an intentional body scan and going through the parts of the body and noticing, is the experience pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? When we're out in the world, a good practice, this is often helpful to do alone at first, but as if we're taking a walk, We can notice if things are pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. We can look around. We can feel our feet. We can just start to get interested in what's my initial response. This often is easier when we're somewhere new. Sometimes when we're somewhere that we are very familiar with, we think we know what our response is. And so, like with all of mindfulness, if we can bring this quality of curiosity, of investigation, of being really interested in, okay, but in this moment, when I look at that tree that I've walked by a thousand times, but in this moment, look at that tree, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, really interesting to be curious, to notice, to see how complex this is, that things aren't inherently good or bad. Things aren't inherently pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And this helps us in our anti-racist work. 
Like when we're looking to change the world, when we're looking for equity, when we're looking for greater compassion, the more that we can see and know in our own experience that things are not a fixed certain way, the more that we can understand the impermanence and the fluidity of life, the more that we can then show up open, curious, interested, noticing when someone says something, oh, that's unpleasant, or oh, that is pleasant, I like what they're saying. Notice our reactions and then see if we can stop it there rather than getting into, oh, well, what they're saying is unpleasant, so I don't like them or I don't like their whole platform or I think they're a bad person or da 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 But instead, like, oh, this is unpleasant. How can I settle and how can I respond appropriately? Touching into this second foundation of mindfulness, Avedna is another way of waking up. It's another avenue, another tool that we have in our Buddhist practice to help us see clearly, help us extinguish the fires of craving, to help us be of service to ourselves and others. And to not perpetuate cycles of harm that maybe we've been a part of for a long time. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at TowardLight108 and the website is TowardLight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.